you gain on this earth. It's very good for you to aspire to that, to get it. But wealth which does not gain you heavily treasure is no wealth. Everything you get, it must help to push the kingdom. I read a story about a great influential mighty man who saw he was going to die. And then if I die, get the best doctors to carry me through the street. And as they carry me, let my hands hang out. And as they carry me with my hands hung up, all the monies that I have, just sprinkling them on the street while you take me to my grave. And one of them asks, why are you saying that? He said, this is the reason why he said that. That when death comes, no physician, no doctor, if your time comes for you to die, no matter what doctors you put around you, if God says, I am demanding your soul, no one can help you. So it's to prove that what the doctors are doing, if God decides to come in to take you, this people carry me cannot help you. They will only carry you to your grave. He said, the hands that are hanging also simply mean that you came with your hands and you are going with empty hands. Even if you put money in your hands, it will be of no use. Then the money that are thrown on the ground simply all your toils and what you're doing, they all come to nothing after your death. Your time, you're running out, getting up early in the morning, escaping church and sometimes uh, trying to uh, find a way to a smart church going, all will come to an end. So for me, my life, if we live, this should be our story. We live for him. If we die, we die for him. If you put your life in this way, you'll be the happiest man and the fearless person on earth here. You will just live a life not trying to please men, not plus try to please your life, not try to please your lust, but you'll live a life that will please God. Hallelujah. I pray that all of us will think about the future and not of now. Praise God. I believe that the time of his power, God's people will be willing. You cannot come in contact with God's power. There's no place, nowhere I've seen people 
coming in contact with God's power, it takes some few, and if few, they might not be normal, to say we will not follow. And I believe that each one of you will have your own encounter. I believe that's the reason why Jesus said to his disciples to go and wait. They have taught you how to preach. You've seen me preaching before. You asked me to teach you how to pray. And I taught you. But it's not only taking the Bible and preaching. But there should be a power behind that word. That can bring conviction. Is that power that changes the life of people? Or else it becomes the letter. If that word is taken from the page and turned into the spirit and it gets into the heart of men, it establishes them. But when it comes as a letter, it kills. It doesn't make you puff up with knowledge that have no benefit to anybody. The only benefit is to argue and win your argument. But we must go beyond that. I believe that man I will be talking about, I will be ministering alongside the Holy Spirit. But I also believe that there are storms in life. There are storms that come against our life as we become believers, Christians. We want to move forward. We want to serve God. As in the journey of this, storms comes against us. And there are about three types of storms that comes against our lives. There's one, God himself brings it. And you must go through it. It helps. There are other ones. It is you who passes away, disobey God and pass away, then it comes on you. There are other ones you have no control over them. You know this storm is coming. But somebody takes a decision which you have no power to change that decision. And that decision affect, become a storm and affect your life. In all these ways, how do we handle them? One of the examples I want to give is Jonah. Read Jonah chapter 1. God sent Jonah to go to Nineveh and deliver a message because sin was there and God saw the heart of the people. And God went must come because as a just God, he doesn't just punish people without giving them a chance. So he sent a man called Jonah. But Jonah did not like the people. Sometimes God sends you to a people you don't like. 
They look like enemies to his people. They have oppressed them before. And God, he thinks God must punish them. Sometimes we wish God punished some people. So this is an opportunity for God to bring judgment upon Nineveh. And he was very happy. There are certain people, if God's judgment is going to come upon them, you will rejoice. So Jonah said, thank God. God said, you, Jonah, you are the one who must go there. He said, Jonah, God said, no, God, not me. So God said, go. So Jonah decided to pay his own fare to run away from God. His idea about God is different. He thinks that God is only is like a man. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. And anytime we run away from God's presence, storms, comes. It is the presence of God that can calm every storm. So where this man can receive calmness, he tried to run away from the very presence of God. And most of us try to run away from God's presence because we think God will demand something from us. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare. We are ready to pay our own fare to run away from God than to pay our own fare to go and do the work of God. Very, very easy to spend money, to spend time, to take holiday for some other things apart from God. I hope I'm not offending anybody. Jonah, we have most of the Jonas in the church. Apart from God's things, they can spend their time, their money, their everything on some other things apart from the things of God. When it comes to God's things, it looks like it is an abomination. So he decided to pay his own fare, like some of us, to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Then he went on the journey. Thank God. But the Lord sent out a great wind. Who sent it? So this wind is not from the devil. It's from the Lord. Some of us are meeting certain winds because where we're supposed to go, we're not going there. What we're supposed to do, we're not doing it. And because of God's love and God's goodness, he will bring that wind on your path. I hope I'm not boring you. And there was a mighty tempest on the sea so that the ship was about to be broken because of one man. Then the remainers were afraid. The mariners were afraid. And every man cried out to his God. Those people there have their gods too. So when it comes to the critical, people then begin to leave the aspects. 
Now the aspects of the ship and the boat. Now say we have lost control. What is left is that unless God comes. So whenever, if you are in a certain place, and a doctor, you are in a hospital, and I say, Pastor, this one day prayer, then you know there's something. Then the mariners who have married, they cried out to their God and threw the cargo that was in the ship into the sea. Whenever there's a storm, the first thing they do is that all the cargo, they throw it, including Jonas 1. All that you've collected, you've suffered, all that you were boasting about in the world, storms can take it away. Within a second and a few, when you are met with life and death, you throw away all this. But don't get to that point before you say, God, I want to save you. But Jonah had gone down in the lowest part of the ship, had laid down and was fast asleep, just like Jesus. But Jesus was not running away. This man was running away. He was fast asleep there. Ran away. When you miss the presence of God and storm even is coming, you don't see it. In fact, if they hadn't come to him, this sea would have taken him under there. But thank God for good. good. So the captain came to him and said to him, what do you mean, sleeper? Arise, call on your God. Perhaps your God will consider us so that we may not perish. And they said to one another, come, let us cast lots. <laughs> that we may know for whose cause this trouble has come upon us. The Holy Spirit, God, was leading them in a certain way. How should they even think that the storm is coming because of somebody? <laughs> you can't outwit God. But God, even by his spirit, was using unbelievers to point out the one who is creating the problem. So, <laughs> please tell us whose cause is this? Then they said to him, please tell us for whose cause is this trouble upon us? What is your occupation? Now, he's been interviewed. What is your occupation? <laughs> I don't know whether you say I'm a pastor or I'm a prophet or you say I'm just going to uh, this where he want to lie. And where do you come from? What is your country? Look at the questions they are asking him. And of what people are you? So it means that everything is pointing at Jonah. So he said to them, I'm a Hebrew. And I fear the Lord, the God of heaven. Is it true? <laughs> Who made the sea and the dry land? <laughs> and you're trying to run away through the sea, not knowing that that God who made it <laughs> will not see you. So that's how we all behave. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, why have you done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of of the Lord, because he had told them. 
He had told them that, look, this girl wants to run away from him. Then they said to him, what shall we do to you that the sea may become for us? For the sea was growing more tempestuous. And he said to them, pick me up, throw me into the sea. Then the sea will become calm for you. For I know that this great tempest is because of me. Now he's found out either he died with the people or he sacrificed his life. Either his life saved the rest. Like Jesus said, the sign of Jonah. One man had to go for the rest to live. One man has to die for the whole world to be saved. So nevertheless, the men rode hard to return to land. See, you can't fight against the will of God and succeed. So they tried to help. They didn't want to throw this man inside. So they tried to find a way where they can come to, the, to land. But uh, you don't know God. But they could not, for the sea continued to grow more than tempestuous against them. Therefore, they cried out to the Lord and said, we pray, O Lord, please do not let us perish for this man's life. <laughs> and do not charge us with innocent blood. For you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah and threw him into the sea. And the sea ceased from its region. The one who is creating the problem when it's taken out, everything becomes cool. But God did not leave Jonah. Jonah learned how to pray inside the whales, the belly of the whale. Then the man feared the Lord and offered a sacrifice to the Lord and took vows. This turned their life from idols and the sacrifice to the living one. When you come in contact with God's power like that, no matter what God is saying, you turn away from. And his life saved other people too. Now the Lord had appeared, now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah. Thank God. The Lord had prepared. Because he had to prepare fish. But if an ordinary fish swallows you, you will die. The digestive system of the fish will make sure you become food. So God prepared a special fish. A submarine with oxygen. With everything in it. With space in it. And God has a mind. He knows that he will send somebody. And he knows that that man will disobey and will try to run away in future. So he prepared that fish. The fish was growing 
He was making all this and giving all where the oxygen will be for Jonah so that he won't die. Uh, the space uh, Jonah will fall in and how Jonah will, so he'll be there. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord. He's gone from the fish belly. If a fish swallows you within some few hours, you should not be among the living. But this man was there. And he cried and said, I cried out the Lord because of my affliction. And he answered me. <laughs> out of the belly of Shaul, I cried. And you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the sea. And the flood surrounded me. All your billows and your waves passed over me. Then I said, I have been cast out of your side, yet I will look again towards your holy temple. No matter the, any condition that you fall in, look, even if you backslide it, still turn to God and cry this kind of prayer. God is a good God. That's why I don't condemn people, but I know God is a God of second chance. Oh, the waters around me, even to my soul, the deep closed around me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. <laughs> Jonah. I went down the morning to the mooring of the mountains. The earth with it burst close behind me forever. Yet you have brought up my life from the pit. Oh Lord, my God. This man said, You have brought up my life from the pit. I love Jonah prayer not on land inside the sea. Sometimes inside the sea we pray genuine prayer. When a storm is around you, you don't pray prayer to please any man. This is what we call sincere prayer. Prayers. You pray prayer that come from out. You don't pretend. There are some prayer people pray just because they want to please people. They organize their ways in such a way that all oh, men here, this man has prayed well. For me, I don't care what you talk about my prayer, but I'm not talking to you. What I care is what does God say about my prayer? He prayed, when my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord and my prayer went up to you into your holy temple. The rest, those who regard worthless adults forsake their own mercy. <laughs> but I will sacrifice to you with a voice of thanksgiving. I will pay what I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. Salvation is of the Lord. And God wanted to sal bring salvation to Nineveh. And you wanted to hold it out for uh, take it away. Now he understands that salvation is of the Lord. If he, <laughs> he desired to be saved, the Nineveh has to be saved. So later, you can go and read that scripture. You can read the whole lesson and we'll find out what happened. After that, this fish took him to land. I know fishes don't go to land. It takes submarine. 
that can be can be inside the sea and come to land. This special fish went onto the land. And so the Lord spoke to the fish. This is the power of the word of God. No matter what is holding you, the word of the Lord, everything, listen. The sea, listen. The fishes can hear and understand the voice of God. The Lord spoke to the fish. The Lord only has to speak to what is holding you and that thing must vomit you out. So the Lord, so the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time saying, the Lord spoke to the fish. And what did the fish do? Go back to that. So the Lord spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah onto. Where? Fishes don't live on dry land. My teacher did not teach me that fishes can come on dry land. But this particular fish, amphibia, it came. It can live underwater and can move on land. It came and vomited Jonah on dry land. And if it were vomited on dry land like that, would you still run away? So Jonah quickly went there. I believe that Jonah has some ability and capacity that God knows that it is Jonah who can convince. The way the man prayed, he's a man of words. Who when he speaks, he can arrange his words so much that repentance can come. And this guy <laughs> wanted to run away with that. And God took this gifted man and said, go and deliver this message. God has placed certain gifts in you. And he will take it and send you to deliver it to another person. Jonah went and did it and they repented. When they repented, Jonah liked it. He was happy. Jonah was very sad. He knew that God, if this people repent, God will forgive them. Now, the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time saying, Arise, go to Nineveh. So, this is the second time. Sometimes God gives you first chance, you blow it. He takes you out. You go. Some people, when they are in trouble, say, Oh God, when you save me, when you help me, I will come back to church again. I will save you. Then you come. <laughs> You come when you are comfortable, then you backslide again. <laughs> you go again. God is a God of second chance. But don't continue to frustrate the grace of God. So, God sent him the second time. Why did God send him the second time? Because maybe he thinks, I'm not worthy to do that work again. Maybe he thinks, I have blown it, so I can't do that thing again. There are meaningful God is going to send the second time. His word is coming to you the second time. And the second time word is the same word that go to the same place, Nineveh. Sometimes we wish God would change the second time word. 
that God not displays, not that thing that you should do. Change it for me that let me do another thing. No, God will come back and say the same thing. I remember I had a friend. He came and wanted a direction from God. And we prayed. And the spirit of the Lord fell upon me. I started speaking. And I spoke to him what God said he should go and do. He didn't like it. He was unhappy. But he thought God was going to tell him to do something else. But that was what he was gifted. God said, concentrate on that. But his friends were teasing him that that is not if you are in that position, you are not among the fivefold. What is a singer? So sometimes the peer pressure, people can make you leave your gift and try to look at them and try to behave like them. Meanwhile, you are not them. So for a very long time, the guy came and started struggling again. He came back. When he came, I have forgotten that I have prophesied like that. When I opened my mouth, the same prophecy, as if I copied this out. And his face changed. The rest of the story, I'm not going to say it. I believe he had, if he had taken this, his ministry would have been so great and mighty. But he will go and try to come and pick it, but he, he thinks that this is not it's for young believers. For me, if God asks me to sweep this place, I don't care whatever it is. I will leave what I'm doing and come and sweep it. Because it's not the position you are in. It is how faithful you are to what God gives you. If God is going to reward bishop or is going to reward Pastor Mante or going to reward Pastor John or any of us, he's not going to say because uh, Prophet Anno has had a very large church I might be a failure with the last church. Somebody might have only 20. But that is his capacity. Somebody might have the ability and the chance to have about 10,000. But when he gets 1,000, you think he's got some people. No, he's failed. So the man with the talent the five multiplied it. They doubled it. And the same recommendation was given to him. Isn't it? The two doubled it. And the same recommendation. Faithful servants. Faithful. How faithful are you with what God first told you? Storms may come on our way. But even if it is our fault, if we caused it, we can still go back to God. And today we'll pray. We'll still go back to that God and ask him. He will speak again. And he will give you another chance to fulfill your ministry.
I believe that before we live here, people will fall into the right places and will have fulfillment of ministry in their life. Because I'm going to do most of the time, I'm going to do impartation. I'm going to impart into people so that they can be established. I want to impart spiritual gifts so that you'll be established. Because impartation of spiritual gifts makes the church established. Maybe the other storms, I may talk about them one of these days. But this is the first storm. It is Jonah that brought that storm upon himself. It was needless. He didn't need to go through that storm. If he had decided I was going to do what God asked me to do, there wouldn't be any storm on his way. But there are other storms. They come, and you know they are coming, but you have no control over it. In the book of Acts, when Paul was traveling, he was a prisoner, he was, meant to, he was going, and Paul perceived that that journey they are going, there will be trouble, there will be storm. He perceived it, he knew it, and warned them, but he didn't have the political power. He is in a system. That system is the one controlling everything. Sometimes you want to do something by the system. Try to stop you. You know this system, where it is going. We are going to crash. But those who are driving the system and the aspects can't see it. Because they can only see today and not tomorrow. So Paul warned them. They refused. And everything looks very quiet. Very cool. When they start calm. When they were sailing. Paul. They said, Paul, you are a liar. You men of God. You don't understand the weather. They said, I to go to school and learn. You go and take the Bible and I kick wet thing. This thing was written so many years ago. Development and technology has come. And look at what you put, your, the mess you are trying to tell. No, we can't take that. It was not long. After they got to a certain place where they can return, it came about and started shaking. Then they then realized that what Paul said. Sometime before the world can realize it, it's too late. But what do we do when we get to that point? Do we throw in the towel? Do we say we are gone? Because of the children of God in it, God will preserve that system. For night, everybody was afraid, including even Paul. Until they started throwing all the loot. Normally, when it happened, they threw away the, the loot. <laughs> they threw everything apart. And while Paul was there, an angel of the Lord 
appeared. And I love what he said. He said, God sent his angel. I love that. He said, the God which he serves. God doesn't send angels to anybody by heart. It is the one that belongs to God. God has one of his belongings, his property in the boat. And because of that property, God will make sure that that property is saved. And the Bible says that if you save one person, you save the whole house. And because of Paul, the rest of the prisoners and everybody will have to be saved. It was so dangerous. If you analyze the whole thing, everybody must die. But because of Paul, salvation came. Because of one man, salvation came. I love it. Give me that place. He said, the God whom I serve, I love, the, the whom I belong to. I said, for there stood by, by me this night an angel of God whom I belong. Who do you belong to? Do you belong to God? You belong to yourself? Do you belong to money? Do you belong to your passion? Do you belong to other things? Do you belong to your boyfriend, your girlfriend? Do you belong to... If you belong to somebody, then that person has control over your life. Who controls your life? Is it God or other things that control your life? For Paul, it is God that controls your life. So, for the, there stood by me this night an angel of God whom of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve. Some of us belong to a certain God, but we don't serve him. We must go beyond accepting Jesus as our Lord and personal Savior and serving him. It is such people that can be saved from storm save other people from the storms of this world. Saying, do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar and indeed, God has granted you all those who sail with you. Wow. Therefore, take heart, man, for I believe God that it will be just as it was told me. Just don't be afraid. No matter what is happening, I believe. I ain't those that belong to God, those that serve God. When they believe and act in faith, it comes to pass. Faith is very vital in the Christian life. Faith will bring gifts and other things to you as we meet in this meeting. People can come here. If you don't exercise faith, you just come and sit down here, look at somebody performing, say, what is he doing, and go out. But those who exercise faith will carry load of things out. So faith will bring you gift. And this gift will bring you to kings and places of honor. 
dying character will maintain you there. We will be praying very soon. So at the end, I told you too, the third one was the one Jesus said, let us go to the other side. Let us go to the other side. Jesus was in the boat. And the cause of what Jesus was going to do, the devil wanted to stop it. Say, how? I will tell you the reason why I said that. In fact, Jesus preached to many people and he wanted to go to the other side. He said, it happened on a certain day that he got into a boat with his disciples and he said to them, let us cross over to the other side of the lake and they launch out. Sometimes it's not easy. When you are in your comfort zone, you want to remain in the comfort zone. He said, let us go to the other side. And Peter and the rest were going to the top. By the time they go to the other side, there will be people with flowers and, 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 and crowd waiting for them. Hallelujah. But you, you will find out where, who, who made them. On their way. But as they sailed, he fell asleep. And a windstorm came down on the lake. And they were filling with water. And were in jeopardy. Oh my God. And they came to him and woke him up saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. Then they arose and rebuked the wind. He arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water. And they ceased. And there was a calm. Like Jonas 1. But he said to them, Where is your faith? And they were afraid and marveled, saying, to one another, who can this be? For he commands even the winds and water and they obey him. This is the kind of Jesus I'm bringing to you. But he said to them, okay, then they sailed to the country of the Galilee, which is the opposite, opposite Galilee. Okay. And when he stepped out on the land, they met him, a certain man from the city, who had demons for a long time. This is his guest. This is the congregation he was going to meet. These are the people that were going to meet him. I am going to the other side, thinking he will meet the rich man, he will meet the great people. He met naked man, who was always at the tomb cutting himself because of the demonic forces in his life. Suffering and waiting for the day Jesus will cross that side. Because Jesus said the people were enjoying over there and they're not even seeing what Jesus is doing. But there's a man there who has been bound many years and his salvation will only come when Jesus come around there. There are many who are bound all over the world and seeking for you to get there so that they can be losing. I hope you're getting me. That's the reason why. And when he stepped out on the land, they met him, a certain man from, from the city who had a demon for a long time. And he wore no clothes. 
nor did he live in a house, but in the tombs. He never lived in a house. Nobody could bind that man. Nobody could put chain. When you put a chain upon him, he will break it. This is another form of Samson. The negative spirit controlling. This is to tell you, if I preach on this, that the ability of man to mean to contain the power of God or power of the spirit. Man has some kind of ability. And if we allow ourselves, if demons can enter into one man for him to break chains, is it the Holy Spirit? When he enter into our life, we will not be able to do that. You will find out the reason why he, he broke chain. And he saw Jesus. He cried out, fell down before him. And with a loud voice said, what have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, do not torment me. For he had commanded the, the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For it had often seized him, and he, he was kept under guard, bound with chains and shackles, and he broke the bonds and was driven by the demon into the wilderness. These are demons making people behave in a certain way. Nobody could restrict that person. There are people you can't restrict by advice, by counsel. There are some, you, you say, Sandy, oh, let's do psychology. It won't work. The thing working is not the brain, it's the spirit. I know sometimes uh, some cases can be dealt in, uh, in that way, but there are some, if you come to Africa, you understand. Here you have uh, educated demons, but <laughs> the civilized demons, they're so civilized that you find it very difficult to know whether it's a demon. But ours is a raw type. Pastor <laughs> Joe, uh, Jesus asked him, saying, what is your name? And he said, Legion. Because many demons have entered in. One man have the capacity of housing how many, am I, am, how many are is a legion? It's an, a military term. About 6,000 military trained strong men living in one man, not civilians. No civilian, but military. And before you go to me, in those days, they don't just take weaklings to go to the army. It is your strength. Sometimes, in those days, it's not even the brain. It's the strength. It's now that they use the brain. So our area there, in Africa, our early uh, military men, you must have a height and a certain kind of stature. You will not pass, no matter how sensible you are. But now it has changed. 
So brethren, demons entered into this man, but nobody knew. Why could 6,000 military demonic soldiers, uh, military demons, come to enter into one man? Because of the future of that man. They've seen the ability of that man and the havoc that that man can do to the kingdom of devil. So sometimes some people that we think the demons are abusing in doing other things, they have ability there. They have strong capacity, larger capacity, and Satan have taken advantage. Great potential. Where Jesus couldn't go, he knew this man can go there. And they begged him that he will not command them to go into this abyss. They didn't want to go there early. So, now, so demons can negotiate. <laughs> and now, a head of swine uh, was feeding there on the mountain. So, they begged him that he will permit them to enter them. And he permitted them. And then the demons went out uh, of the man and entered the swine. And the head ran violently down the steep place into the lake and drowned. Then finally, when those who fell them, my friend of my friends says, because that he doesn't take a, a, a pork. He said, prophet me, I don't take pork. I said, why? He said, hey, when you just cast out the demons, they went into the swine. So they are inside. I said, your logic is wrong. You shouldn't eat fish rather. Because the, the swine, they ran. And went and fell into the sea. So the fish ate the swine. <laughs> so those that had a demon, they are inside the stomach of some fish. So if you are not eating it for any reason, that's okay. But if you think there are demons inside, uh, then uh, take it. Then those who fed them saw that and happened to flee. Uh, they fled and told it in the city and in the, in the country. The news spread. Then they went out to see what had happened and came with Jesus and found the man from whom a demon had departed, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed in his right mind, and they were afraid. That naked man had become clothed and sitting. That's what the gospel can do. That's what you can do. But that is not all. The man decided. They also had, they also who had seen it, told them by the means, he who had been demon possessed was healed. And then the whole multitude of the surrounding region of the gathering asked him to depart from him, for they were seized with great fear and he got into the boat and returned. So Jesus went there specifically for that one man. Instead of the rest to take advantage of that, they, they, they rather suck the solution. They would rather prefer the madman, that, that, that demon-possessed man, to be torturing them and tormenting them there. And see some area where they cannot go. When somebody came and solved the problem, he became the problem. 
That's how the world is. If you come to solve a problem in a certain area, people don't like it. Now the man whom the demon had, had departed begged him that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away saying, the man said, Jesus, I want to just go with you. Jesus said, no, don't go with me. You have the capacity in you now is more than Peter. What you can do, James cannot do it. What you can do, no other person can do it. You can't just follow me and just need breaking bread and you go and give it to some people. You have better and greater work to do. So I am sending you on a mission. So Jesus sent him straight on a missionary journey. Return to your own house and tell what great things God has done for you. And he went his way and proclaimed throughout the whole city that great thing Jesus had done for him. As a matter of fact, he went to the Decapolis. Decapolis is the 10 cities or 10 regions. One man could evangelize 10 regions. Where Jesus couldn't have gone through all these 10 regions, one man went around and spoke about it. So anytime Jesus entered into any of the region, they are already aware that this is the Jesus. So faith is generated. And no wonder Satan kept him. Some of us are struggling with certain things. The reason is that your capacity is great. What is in you, what God wants to use you is very great. So Satan wants to take advantage. And from today, I know that people will be set free. People will fulfill their work. People will do their thing. Today, I'm just laying the foundation. Next, tomorrow, I'm going to pray for a lot of people. There are people I want to pray for. With Carlos. With Carlos. We pray today. Are you afraid? Are you afraid of me? If you're afraid, don't come. But if you're not afraid, come. Great. I don't want to pray for. So I prophesy unto you your desire. Say, how did this prophet call me while I'm down doing my work? Yes, how did Samuel call David while he was down there uh, uh, taking care of the sheep? Uh, this man shouldn't be the one I should call. But who am I? They say I shouldn't call him. The first to pray for. Ha. I pray for you. You didn't hear my message. 
but there's capacity in you. But there's also another struggle in your life. A desire to serve God and a desire to know him more. But there is a wind that also tries to fight your desire to serve God because of that great thing that God is going to use you for. I lay my hands upon you. Prophesy upon your life. Possess. Possess this vessel. For God shall move it beyond this very city to other places. Just preserve yourself. One day you will understand this prophetic word. And thou shalt begin to run in a way and nothing can stop you. For there shall be a stirring in your spirit. And so shall it be. Young man, I pray for you. I pray concerning your life. I pray concerning your future. I pray concerning your walk with God. Your feet shall be grounded. May you know God. May you know him and the power of his resurrection. May you be an influence upon many. May you not look down upon what is in you. For God shall stir you up to fulfill his word. Says the Lord. Hallelujah. Bless you. Same someone around this area. Zabola. Zabola. Stand, let him pray for you. What do you want? Pursue. Lord, may you establish the feet of this woman. The storms that used to move her, a storm that used to move you, I speak, storm, be calm, and let her fulfill. I anoint you with fresh oil, an oil that will cause you to run and not be weary. May the Lord strength come upon you. May his favor come upon you. May that desire, that craving upon you overcome the obstacle that is trying to stop you. Today, I proclaim liberty for you. I proclaim favor for your life. For I say, God, fulfill the dreams of this one.
so shall you be. Amen. Tomorrow I'm going to pray for people. Today I've just spoken. And I believe that we might be in one of the storms. But whichever one. If you're going through certain storms, check whether it is your own doing. Whether it is situation you are in which you have no control over that is creating the storm. Or whether Jesus asks you, let us go to the other side. <laughs> and in going to fulfill God's will, the enemy is trying to stop you. In any of this area, God is the answer. All the storms, God is the answer to all. It doesn't matter whether you brought it on yourself. It doesn't matter whether uh, it came because you were going with Jesus to do certain things. Or it doesn't matter whether you are in. People, because of where you are, that's why the storms are coming against your life. Don't worry. God will come in. Eventually, your word will carry weight. Some of you have been trying to change situation around you. But do situation, nobody seems to understand you. Sometimes storms must come. God creates storms that they will understand the God to serve. And when storms come and you're walking in the will of the Lord, you will not be attacked. You will know that definitely you will be out of it. Tonight, I just pray for some few people. I saw some people trying to go to some place. And as if the road which they are going through, there seems to be hindrances. And as if when they looked at that road, as if there is no way you can go. But I saw the hand of the Lord directing the persons and where there is no way he makes a way until he brought those people to their destination. I'll be praying for such people. I'll also be praying for the sick. I believe that the spirit of the Lord bring healing. I believe in divine healing and I believe that God can bring healing. We also pray for people who are yearning to move in the spiritual gift. And this will be impartation with the bishops and the men. I believe that we need to impart. I yearn. Paul says that in Romans uh, chapter 1 verses uh, uh, 11 or so or 10. He said, for 11, he said, for I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift. That I may impart to you some spiritual gift. 
so that you may be what? Established. So that you may be what? Established. How many of you want to be established? Good. So we will do that so that they will be established. So that this church will be established. Man of God. I am not somebody who is too good. But I know how to rely on God. Even in Ghana, I am not the most, I'm not part of the eloquent people. But I have eloquent people in the church. I am not the richest. I didn't have much. But I see people who have much submitted. I don't have power. I don't lobby for power. But people under power. Not because of me. But because of the spiritual. Brethren. With the spirit of God. No wonder Jesus said. You people don't go to any place. Wait in Jerusalem until you are on team with power. What our mind will be able to do to convince individuals if this 124 had gone to the village, uh, to, to Jerusalem, convincing them that Jesus is alive, they will just mock and love, and few people will be born. But when the Spirit of God came, one day, Peter preached one sermon. And how many people got? 3,000 congregations without advert, without signboards. Without Peter's preachers on it or Jesus' preachers on it, orchestrated by the power of the Holy Spirit. He said, Oh, that were the days of Peter. These modern days in the United Kingdom, who will come? Brethren, if God begin to move. And men begin to see his power. Not things that look like power. Sometimes there are certain things you want to debate. You yourself are not sure whether it is God or it is by chance. Imagine a very Somebody everybody knows in the United Kingdom who has some disability or something, which medical they said cannot. And you just go there and say, rise up and walk. And the pest started running. You don't need the BBC to report you. You don't need to go and 
just lobby for CNN to come and talk. Everybody will come around with their cameras. If you tell them, I'm going to meet at this place, see people who will flock there to come and see the man who raises this. God will advertise for himself. I think that in this last end, God will have to prove himself beyond science. Something that a notable miracle. And you are the one God is going to use. You are the one. I know in my spirit. And I know within me that there is something that's going to happen. When the world becomes hostile to the church, that's when God's power begins to come. When the world begins to court the church, that's when the church begins to die. Any system that the world fight against spread. So when we see a sign where things are not favoring believers, know that God's power is ready to unleash, be unleashed in your area. I pray that men and women will move in this. At least you must see the power of God. At least you must use the power of God. At least some gift must be come upon your life. At least the power of God be seen upon your life. At least something must happen. I'm talking through experience. I want us to pray. I know people who have tried to argue with me. And I have no clue to the argument. But just with one word of knowledge, I think is I see it as ordinary. They get this arm. And normally those who are very difficult, they start crying. I say, hey, I want us to pray that God will use you. I want us to pray that what Ever you are created for, may nothing occupy that space. Imagine if that man hadn't met Jesus, great evangelist, world-known evangelist. Look at what he was doing to himself, cutting himself, sleeping at the tomb. Nobody can come close, rather driving away people instead of bringing people. Today, pray that something great will be done upon your life. It has to come back again and try again and it has to get about for several times and once I just saw with a speed which nobody expected, then it took off. I pray that it might be this church or the churches in this nation. That is going to, they should take off 
And as they take off, they hide. They then begin to gain altitude. And higher they fly. And higher they see. And better they see. Time is now. I release. Cause divine unction. I release. God's strength. I release. The power of God. I will pray for you. Oh Lord, I pray for this woman and her daughter. I know where you come from. God's hand is still upon your life. I know the things you went through. And I know the God you're looking for. But God is looking at your heart. I pray for healing. I pray for healing. You don't know me. But I know you. I know that God has something great for your life. Your desire will be fulfilled. I now place my hand upon you. I pray for a protection upon all of you. I pray for a protection upon all of you. There is something within you people. There is something within them. There is something within them. There is something within them. And God will protect you. So they will be able to fulfill your dreams. As if your faith will be persecuted by storms. As if a storm will come against your life, your faith. But I pray that God through you will bring life to others. And you have seen your cry and your prayers for them. You have desire to know God well. You have desire to serve him. A woman and I see Jesus standing by you. And I see Jesus standing by you. And I see Jesus standing by you. And I will remember you. I know where I picked you from. And I will be your helper. Today, as you go, by the end of this week, one of you will have a dream. 
one of you have a dream. I might have it. Let me know. I will tell you why. God bless you. God. I will continue to pray for you. I know why I called you. Bless you. He said, prophet, why are you calling some people like this? Tomorrow I'm going to call a lot of people. And fourteen May. I don't know the fourteenth May. Maybe tomorrow. There's a date that has been placed upon a sea. 14th of May. He said, Prophet, you should have dropped a little. I won't drop. <laughs> if you came down a little to be my birthday, no. I understand. <laughs> Praise God. I don't know. So next tomorrow, just tell me. Uh, I, would, uh, I saw one four uh, five, which is fourteenth of May. One four five. Uh, I saw one four five. One four five. So I believe that was the date, and I'm going to pray for somebody for that. God bless you. I want us to bow our head, our Heavenly Father.